Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone. Not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So, whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Strong Christian Female and... This week is awesome. We talked to Jerry Vu. First of all, his information is below. Please look at his website. Jerry's amazing. First of all, Jerry's a trooper because poor Jerry and I, when we were uh, recording this, we, this was recorded um, as we always do for YouTube and for audio as well. But we were recording and I have no idea if it was his connection or my connection both of us had full bars. Both of us had all of the power on all the things. And it just kept randomly cutting out. You will not hear that on this recording. So don't be discouraged. He comes in clearly. I come in clearly. But there were just moments we were having to wait for each other to talk. What I love about how I edit is you you won't really notice that. So please don't don't think this is going to be something that's going to frustrate you. It's not. You'll no, You won't even notice it because we can sync it up later, but um, he's amazing. He's also amazing because, as you might imagine, his job is to resolve conflict. So here we were, you know, struggling through this kind of strange Wi-Fi hiccup, but he, he held strong and he was just so wonderful to listen to. First of all, he is from the United States, but he is from a Taiwanese family. So what's really interesting is he grew up encountering conflicts at work and culture within himself, and he had to find a way to handle that. He dearly loves the Lord, but he learned skills to overcome conflict, to understand perspective. And honestly, his main goal is to be a leadership and conflict resolution coach and his focus is clarity, confidence, and closure. Basically, he doesn't want anyone to shy away from conflict just because it's uncomfortable. Because the gospel says we are to go to our brother in love and share with them if we have a conflict. I love his approach. He's not only solid in his love for Jesus and his foundation of biblical principles, he's just a genuinely likable person in an honest way. I don't know how to explain that, but some of us in our jobs have to be more presentational in who we are because we're dealing with customer service and clientele. And sometimes depending on who we're dealing with, we want to make sure they have a positive impression of ourselves or, you know, our business. And it's not that we're, we're lying to them, but we have to be a little bit more up a little bit more perky, a little bit more happy. And it's, it's again, not that it's disingenuous, but when someone just is who they are, you, you know, Jerry's just calm. He's honest. He's resolute. He's straightforward, but he's kind. So I think you're just going to love, love, love what he has to say and how he presents it. 
But I want to encourage you, again, this is below, but go to adaptingleaders.com. This is his website. He is a coach. He does workshops. He does presentations. And I'm here to tell you, in the 30 minutes I talk to him, I think you're going to want to get your business on board with this. In fact, I'm creating um, a hybrid school right now with some other families. And I'm telling you, having had experience in ministry, having had experience in business, having had experience working with clients, having had experience working with different crews frequently, conflict resolution is essential. That's an essential foundational thing. I believe every organization, every marriage, every church, everybody should learn because it teaches you to make the problem the problem and not attack the person. And there's just such an easier flow of respect and communication when that's done. So without further ado, Jerry Vu. Oh, Jerry, thank you so much for being with us today on Strong Christian Female. And um, just so you know, I've been looking forward to this. I know we've had to go back and forth on time, but I've been looking forward to this for two reasons. Number one, I wasn't raised in an environment that executed wise communication or, Mm. and we avoided conflict. Well, I did. Two people in my life didn't, and I was the one totally avoiding it because I I saw Mm -hmm. conflict as something negative. So this topic today of conflict resolution is awesome. But before we get to that, because you're new to a lot of my listeners, I'm sure, can you just explain, you know, what you do and how you came about getting to do what you do now? Yeah, yeah. So the the main thing that I'm trying to kind of launch and become my full-time calling is to be a leadership and conflict resolution coach, uh, specific mm. to Asian American leaders, uh, because much like you, right, I grew up in an environment where conflict was not something that was seen as a blessing. It was seen yeah. as something to avoid Absolutely. until the consequences got so heavy that you had no choice but to address it. Mm-hmm. And even when you did, the underlying fallout afterward was just hard because you were just exhausted and resentful and just mm. dreading having to go through another conversation or experience like that. So in that journey, yeah, had a lot of conflicts when I became a Christian in high school uh, and not just from difficult conversations, specifically because of broken expectations with other people, but just, you know, lack of an explanation, right? Like I, I tell people, you know, yeah, the girl who led me to Christ in high school, um, I got baptized and then a month later she died in a car crash. Right. And so there's a lot of, you know, unanswered questions, right. That's conflict. You're just like this conflict of, I don't have a theology for tragedy. Right. I don't, well, I don't know how to explain this and I can't just sign off on it. That's not my place to do, but you know, God help me, you know, deal with this, right. Deal, help me, you know, show me some kind of joy and peace I can have in the midst of this. Show me some kind of blessing that came about from this. Right. Um, and so in that journey, whether it's through a professional struggle where I uh, got in trouble or got written up for not willing, being willing to have uh, difficult conversations with underemploying, underperforming employees, right? Whether I had to discipline them, write them up or fire them, uh, you know, and then I got in trouble because, you know, management would say, well, you know, their behavior is a problem and your passivity is a problem, you know, or even in the church, right? When you have people that are, you know, overstepping boundaries or again, just not meeting expectations or lack of integrity. And, you know, you don't, 
they don't teach you in the Bible directly, right? Like, this is how you handle someone <laughs> who is, they have some passages, but there's no specific roadmap to, well, what does it relate to, right? Is it is it infidelity? Is it is it embezzlement? What is it? Uh, and so, yeah, when you see passages like, well, blessed are the meek and blessed are the peacemakers. And it's just like Jesus, like, created a whip of cords and then drove people out of the, you know, the temple because they turned it into a den of robbers. So, you know, how do you reconcile these messages, right? And so, yeah, my biggest struggle has, whether for better or worse, become my calling, right? When I know I've had to uh, deal with predators, you know, in the church or, you know, roommates who are Christian, but they defaulted on their lease, right? And you have to evict them lovingly. So how do we do all that? So, yeah, like the more you rustle through the mud, the, the more likely you are to actually gain some insight and strength if you're willing to evaluate your experience. And somehow God is sovereign in all this, right? And you're like, God, I really don't want to have to go through all this failure. And God's like, well, you know, how do you expect to get to the other side, you know, unless you're willing to trust my process? And there's a lot of brokenness that still is unresolved, but not to, <laughs> we can only answer so much in about the next half hour. I know, I know. Sorry, friends, you're going to want this to go on for six hours and let Jerry be yeah. your counselor or you hire him. Like, that's what we're, I mean, I'll just say that for on his behalf. Um, but, but, but you touched on, first of all, I'm, all my listeners know, I just keep, I keep notes as my, as my, as I'm listening, there's so much you touched on. And I want to start with that concept of, well, there's two really, and they kind of fold into each other in my mind. You know, people look at the word and they expect this really specific, like here's point one, point two, say this, go there, do that. And, but, but God is number one, not, in, not wanting us to ignore problems and pretend they don't exist and, and, and just cover it with some sort of perverted version of the gospel, which says like, just ignore all the problems and they'll just go away. That's not what God says. But I feel like I would love for you to address the people who were raised in an environment where it was unkind or it was gossip to address problems. And they and they and someone in their life, I don't want to say they are, has either taught them or is telling them, oh no, 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 that's not kind. You need to let that go. That's someone's personality. That's just who they are. There's a lot of things like that thrown around in Christian environments that are false. And what it does is it leads us to believe one of two things. It leads us to believe either we're the problem because we're seeing it so clearly and what's wrong with us, which is not okay, but also, or it leads us to blatantly ignore problems. And like you said, they build up and they build up and they build up until everything is so, it's so heavy. You can't ignore it. If someone's seeing a problem in an environment that is a Christian environment, whether it's a Christian school, a church, an organization, and it is evident that they, something has to come of it. Um, and, but they're being told, you know, ignore it essentially because they're not kind or, well, if you were to say something that's, that's, you're being gossipy, you're talking poorly of someone, even though they're not gossiping, these are just convoluted terms. I think we throw around, what would you encourage them to do if they're like, no, there's a problem. I'm not, I'm not being encouraged to handle it, but I know it needs to be handled. What would be the first step you would tell them to take? I know it's kind of a big question, but if they're like, no, this isn't, this isn't going away, you guys, but no one's telling me how to handle it. Maybe they've yeah. never been in this position. They've yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy to give case studies <laughs> you know? and be aware guys. Like, remember, like, I think a myth to dispel before I jump into a specific example. It's one, I mean, one thing to just kind of, you know, 
put one small caveat is that, um, you know, even if you have the strength and courage by God's grace to address the situation, just understand it's not going to be solved on your first try. Like it's probably, you're probably going to run into a lot of roadblocks and, and pushback because there are people that are complicit and complacent because the, it would just be too much of a threat to, you know, their own stability or things by, by becoming an ally with your attempts to, you know, restore integrity in organization. And what, and so the specific example I'm thinking of is a friend of mine who actually worked as a teacher at a, at a private Christian high school. And it was very evident that the business relationships, the pastor slash, you know, school administrator was not exactly kosher. Right. And, you know, he's pointing out things where he's like, how is this, you know, possible? Like, you're just rerouting money from one department to another and you're pocketing the difference. And, you know, this isn't, this doesn't, this house, this isn't a good image for you. This isn't, uh, you know, it's people are upset, people are frustrated and the people aren't doing anything. Right. Or so, right. And so my friend, you know, he's trying to, first he tried to go to his immediate supervisor. Right. And so says, Hey, look, I'm hearing things. Here's the evidence that's in front of me. Like, I, I want to address this because I don't think this is right. How do we do about it? Right. And so if that you have to, you know, go through proper channels. Right. Because it's not you. People want to get hero complex and they just think, oh, if I just charge to the top, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Right. You can. But uh, you probably, you know, it's probably going to you'll probably make more enemies than friends if you if you don't respect the titles and, and hierarchy that's already in place as much as you may disagree with it. And so, you know, you go to your immediate supervisor, right? Kind of like in the Bible, right? Where it says, Hey, go to this one brother who's offending you. And if he refuses your feedback, okay, get two or three others and address them the same way. Right. And so this is kind of like the, you know, the general biblical strategy, right? You want to go to your immediate supervisor. If he refuses your feedback, okay, let me go to the next one in charge. And then eventually you'll get up to the top, assuming it gets that far. Right. Um, assuming it escalates to that point. And so at that point, you just need to be realistic and just say, okay, well, you know, I've, I've done my homework. I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I tried to show grace in the middle of addressing a difficult situation. And, you know, there are times you may have to leave as much as we want to, you know, solve the problem and restore justice and integrity in those situations. There are times that, you know, it's okay to, much like again in the Bible, right? Shake the dust off your feet and move on. It's it's not, there's no shame in doing that. And, you know, I know friends and I've been, you know, guilty of this myself where you want to just stay and plant in the situation. You just say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's about being faithful, not fruitful. And it's like, at some point, guys, you're going to have to ask yourself how much longer you want to burn yourself out trying to, you know, throw bricks, you know, through at a wall and hopefully something cracks, right? And so, um, you know, with, with, with that in mind, yeah, just to say, Hey, look, just get curious, right? The first thing is just to say, Hey, I'm not accusing anybody. Let me just lay out this evidence to say, Hey, what would, you know, what kind of conclusion would you reach based on these observations that I've, that I've had? And again, you know, it will be very uncomfortable, but that's the first step is just to say, okay, how am I willing to just step even slightly outside my comfort zone in order to address a difficult situation and invite them to collaborate with you. That's another big thing, right? Hey, let's, yeah. now that I've kind of put this on the table, let's move to the same side of the table so we can look at this together and come up with a solution together it's because uh, you are not the problem. The problem is the problem, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, the problem as soon as you remember problem. that. Yeah. Things, these are some, at least some starting points to make sure people say, you know what? I don't have to be afraid of this anymore. So 
Jerry, you touched, you touched on something that's so important and, and so hard for people who maybe grew up in an environment that wasn't welcoming to healthy resolution. And that is, it's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, if the central focus is unity and c- clear communication, and like you said, the problem is the problem. We don't attack the person, but we do not ignore the problem. Um, we can do that, but it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. And I also think you la- you laid this out too, and I thought this was so important. You lay out, from my word, the evidence and say, hey, here's what we're dealing with. This, 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 and this. We've got to talk about this. This is, this is a problem, and we need to find a solution here. Um, but But I want to talk about, like you said, the discomfort. People avoid being uncomfortable in the church because for some reason we think that walking with Jesus should be like, I don't know, fairy tales and roses all the time. I'm not really sure what all of our misconception is. I think men do this better. If I'm being frank, um, men can, for lack of a better word, compartmentalize and, and laser focus in on something while women kind of make assumptions and, and, and we take it all in and, and, and one of the things that's detrimental to that is either blaming yourself or making an assumption that someone's intentionally trying to harm you. And what it may be is very much a, disagree, a, dis, a misunderstanding. Not that the actions are good, not that the problem isn't the problem, but we. But I think as Christians, we put assumptions on people. Well, it's just, it's just humans. We put assumptions on people. But in a Christian environment, Jerry, what is, in your experience, what are some top reasons people avoid conflict? Yeah, I, I think people realize that, um, or they, not realize, but I think they, they sense that, they have this idea, they hang on to this idea that, if we're supposed to have peace, if we're supposed to have unity, that somehow we are not allowed to bring things up that might be like considered dissension, right? And some churches are very mindful of that and, and not in a good way, right? When they say, when I've heard pastors say, well, you know, you shouldn't complain about my sermons. You shouldn't, you know, go against what the church vision is when you're discussing it at home. Like you need to buy into like what we're doing and our system and our processes and our programs in order to like be like a true committed member of this church. And that's a very dangerous uh, platform to, to project. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we see it all the time, right? I'll give a, I'll give a, like, just to give some meat on the bones. Right. Uh, You know, I went to a church for a while with a big singles ministry and, you know, people, Guys didn't know how to handle rejection, whether it was just, you know, in a, you know, unfair standards. That's another, that's another fun discussion. But, you know, guys would ask girls out, they would say no, or even if they did say yes, you know, they would break up, you know, if it didn't end in marriage. And there was a lot of shame at every level of disappointment, right? Whether guys asked girls out and they did it in a way that was clumsy and the church would rush and say, how dare you? Like, you made her feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, that's not cool. You need to stop that. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, yeah, or yeah, like they date and then they, and then it breaks up and then like social circles kind of get reconfigured and, you know, people avoid each other because they don't know how to be civil after like expectations have to kind of go back down from dating back down to like brother, sister in Christ. Right. Um, Or even worse, right. Even worse is that they, you know, they get married because they follow the expectations that everyone's rooting for them. And then they end up in divorce, right? There's like, there's, there's, it's fraught with, with, you know, pain and disappointment. And, you know, the funny thing is at this church that, you know, was shaming guys that, yeah, maybe didn't have the best social skills instead of 
coaching them on how maybe they could do it, right? They just told them to stop altogether. And then they start complaining about, well, why isn't anyone getting married anymore? Like, you know, people, it's like, well, you, you know, because you shamed them from even trying anymore. Like, instead of coaching them to say, hey, here's how you can kind of refine your technique or, you know, here's how, you know, some things to work on so that you maybe increase your chances of success. Uh, you know, they just tell them, well, you know, this is just, this is not good for our stability, and so, therefore, you know, anything that's against our stability needs to be eliminated or removed. So, um, you know, and, and to have environments where you're not allowed to resolve conflict out, out in the open and where it's actually the best place for it to address and heal. Like, I mean, in John 3, it talks about this, right? The guy who, you know, is not afraid of the light will step into the light, right? And he's just like, here, look, I know I'm not perfect. I know. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like the, the, you know, the A plus Christian student or Pharisee. Let me put, let me put everything in here so that everyone can see that ultimately God is the one who's glorified by the process that he's refining me through. Right. So. Wow. Jerry, I love, I love what you're doing as you talk. You're, you're adding grace, God's grace, not false, weird grace. That's wicked. I mean, I'm sorry guys, but there's some false grace out there. That's not real. Oh, um, same if we are living as brothers and sisters in Christ, sharpening each other, it says iron sharpens iron and sharpening iron. If you've ever done it is hard, rough. It is, it is grating. It is not a pretty process. It's not like you, you just dip it in some water and it comes out sharpened. Like when you're sharpening each other, there's going to be friction. And that friction is what makes us stronger. I think that imagery is so beautiful in the Bible, but what you're also saying, you know, step into the light. Someone who has nothing to hide will step into the light. And, and, and it could be that you're both stepping into the light and it's just, it's some, someone said it to me this way. Imagine I put a one. So me and Jerry are having a conversation. We're not agreeing on something and someone holds up a $1 bill and this is Jerry describe what you're seeing. And he's like, well, I see a guy and he kind of got a weird hairdo and he's got in a circle and it's got a one on it. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a pyramid with a weird eye floating above it. And I've got this like, and we're describing the same $1 bill from two different perspectives. Right? So there are times where we, we are, if we're willing to be humble and say, I want to understand your perspective on this. I don't know why I, I want to come because the first thing you've, you've talked about is establish an understanding of the problem. And once we understand what the problem is, we go from there. And I think that's such a beautiful, honest, but, but humble and open way to approach it. And if you were to advise Jerry leaders, so, so, so assume you're talking to a group of leaders who is in charge of those that are underneath them, how would you encourage those leaders to create an environment that that encourages communication and healthy conflict resolution. Because the problem I see in so many churches and in so many even, even Christian schools is, is people are shamed for coming forward with problems. Similar to what you said about when someone breaks up. They, they may, maybe they didn't even make a mistake, but, but they're ashamed that there's even a problem to begin with. Because as Christians, for some reason, we're not supposed to have problems. I'm not really sure where that's written in the Bible. But... Um, how would you encourage a group of leaders who say, Jerry, we're starting from scratch. We made a bunch of mistakes in the past. We have a clean slate here. There's nothing hidden. We, we have everything in delight, but we never want to repeat our mistakes again. But we don't know what we're doing here. So please give us some advice on how to create this environment where we have healthy community. I know the perfect environment, right? Where there's healthy communication. And when someone has a problem, they come like, we don't, we, what do we even do? 
I mean, I realize that's like the perfect scenario of like, Jerry, just yeah. tell us what to do. But I mean, it is something that I think is so important. People have to admit they don't know. what we're doing. Guys, we have to admit we don't know what we're doing. We ask someone like Jerry for help rather than pretend we have all the answers and we just keep perpetuating our own problems over and over and over again. We need an outsider's perspective. So what, how would you encourage either a brand new organization or one that's starting from scratch on this to establish a healthy environment of communication? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I have my own problems too. Right? This is you're just, like, <laughs> you're just yeah. You're just like look. He's you just, not perfect, you, just, you go you yeah, go to a different perfect. set of problems. Even if you solve this one, you'll just move on to more problems, and that's okay. Um, I mean, one. part of it is just recognizing, hey, you know, how do we create like psychological spiritual safety, right? Um, what kind of standards do we feel are appropriate? you know, based on our understanding of the Bible, right? Is there joy in being around each other, seeking God together? Because if there isn't, you need to figure out where you find that, right? Because like God isn't about, hey, like follow these rules perfectly and maybe I'll like you, right? You know, I'll, I'll give you grace where you're missing things, but hopefully you don't have to use too much of that because that's like the secret about grace is that you try not to use any more than you have to, right? Um and so, yeah, I would say, yeah, how do you, you know, do you have a, a set of shared values, right? Do we believe in gathering together intentionally? Do we believe in, you know, spiritual growth and how, how that growth is handled together? Do we agree on how we are supposed to give back to the communities, right? Or build relationships to, in order to make disciples, right? Um, because if you don't have, if those aren't things that everyone is on board with in, in your core team, like it's not going to work. Right. And so, yeah, like have a process in place whenever there are disagreements or broken expectations. How do we fix this? Right. What do we learn from this? Um, that's a big thing, I think, because people don't know how to handle failure. Right. Let's say they do an outreach or something like that and they don't get any new visitors. Right. Are they going to point fingers and say, well, you know, the flyers weren't exactly you know, professional and you didn't, you know, you were kind of clumsy with your words when you're trying to talk to people. Or are they going to say, hey, how do we try again so that we would increase our chance of success? Ultimately, you know, any church that's thriving is ultimately by God's grace. Right. Like you are not in control and of the locus of control that God has given you. How are you making the most of that? Right. Uh, and again, like, I would just say, yeah, the simple start is, Hey, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And if, you know, things don't go according to plan, how will we learn and respond to it? If you start off with those questions, I think, uh, you know, maybe you'd be surprised what kind of answers come about. If you're willing to be humble and learn from everybody there. Um, I think that's the biggest thing It's just, Hey, set a tone of humility, set a tone of kindness, uh, set a tone of you know, intention, being intentional and proactive, you know, and, and I think if you, if you take that humble initiative, right, whenever you, then you don't have to be afraid of, of hard problems or questions or difficult things because you're just bringing them up humbly. Hey guys, like our budget isn't in the best shape. Can we take a closer look at it? Right. Like you could just say that much and people, if they want to dismiss it, at least it's their choice, but not because you didn't bring it up. Well, I know our time is wrapping up, but I want, I want to end on this note. So the holidays are upon us all. Um, and the delight of family is sometimes challenging because of history that has never been resolved. 
I'm not saying when you're unwrapping presents around the Christmas tree, it's the right time to have conflict resolution. Um, so don't misunderstand me, anyone. <laughs> but some people have avoided family for years, years, because they can't have this kind of conversation. I know that you offer, and I'm plugging you openly here, Jerry. I know you offer one-on-one sure. -on -one coaching, and I know yeah. that you you help businesses as well in groups. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't. It's unfair for me to, to 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 throw a scenario at you and you solve it because that's that's it's, everyone's different. Everyone's problems and issues are different. But yeah. is if someone and I mean this sincerely. This is this guys. It's going to sound like a blatant plug, but I'm just asking a true question. If someone is having these issues with one person, a group of people mm -hmm. at work, maybe they are wanting to just say. Am I crazy? How, am I seeing something that isn't there? Or, you know, in my case, I actually had a situation arise and I asked four different people in my life that had had different professional experience. And I said, I just want to make sure I'm not making this up. Here's the yeah. information. Here's the problem I'm having. And I actually, mm -hmm. sev several of them separate from each other that they don't even know each other came back and said, mm -hmm. you're actually not taking this seriously enough. So I say that to say someone like you, I feel like is a good balance. If someone were to have anything, even I know, I know there's counseling and I respect counseling. I go, I, I get it. But, but when it comes specifically to conflict resolution and, and, and helpful information and Christian foundations, do you feel comfortable with, with people coming to you and saying, I have this really specific problem, um, like super specific. Is that something that you feel comfortable handling or how is it that you usually approach issues? Is it usually if they're having more of a nuanced issue with someone that they're working with, or do you feel comfortable taking on personal issues? And, and this seems like a weird question, but it's sort of leading me to that because I know, I know we have personal problems in our family and sometimes it boils down to conflict resolution. And sometimes someone telling you to feel good about yourself isn't the answer we need we need skills we need mm. a plan we need helpful scripture to walk us through that and you just seem like someone who lines that up in such a beautiful way um how is it that usually you usually take on people who need need this help like what is it specifically you like to delve in with the most yeah yeah i mean the nice thing is right i I am not a consultant. Well, I am a consultant, but I'm not not for you know these these specific things. Right. The beauty with coaching is that we always tell people the experts are the are the clients are the experts on their lives. Right. Like it's not up to me to say, well, yeah, you know, I I know every I'm an expert on every situation that people throw my way. Right. That that person doesn't exist. <laughs> you might find people that have a little more overlap than than what I may have in my life like experience diary, but. Uh, the principles that I line up hopefully are things that people can build their own solutions off of. And so I'll go through a quick framework that I often walk you know, clients through. The first is to imagine what would a successful conversation sound like? So let's take a real life situation. So I have a friend, she has an aunt who has a terrible taste in clothing. And every Christmas, uh, her aunt buys her something ugly to wear. Like, this is, I'm not making this up. Like, she's just like, yeah, like, I hate the fact that she buys me terrible clothes, like, every year. And it's just like this broken cycle that has to go through every Christmas where, you know, oh, Aunt Tia is going to, you know, buy me an ugly sweater. And then I have to, you know, wear it to, you know, make sure I don't hurt her feelings because that would be bad and awkward and disrespectful, right? And even worse, like, 
at one point she had all of her like aunt's like gifted clothing and like a clothing donation box and she actually left it out when her aunt came over and her aunt saw I was like wasn't that the sweater i gave you for christmas and then that led to all sorts of you know terrible awkwardness but but yeah like how do you do it how do you handle a situation like this so here's one scenario just to imagine hey what if we you could you know cross social norms and just like handle the situation in a vacuum where this could maybe like we could actually come to a better resolution, right? And you say, step one, um, what would a successful conversation even sound like? You know, is it, hey, Aunt Tia, you know, I love the fact that you love me enough to give me these clothing. And, you know, are you, is your goal to get her to stop buying you bad things? Or, you know, if she still wants to give it to you, maybe she gives you a gift certificate so you can buy your own clothing, right? Like, what do you want to happen? Like, and do you believe it's even possible? Because if you don't believe it's possible, don't expect anything to happen, right? So we like to have that first step. Imagine what a successful conversation would sound like. So people know, hey, you know, do I just need my boss to apologize or do I just need it to get him to stop calling me after hours? Like, what exactly am I hoping to what the outcome will be, right? So that's the first thing. It doesn't have to be likely. It just has to be possible. It's okay. So step two. We uh, use 10 seconds of courage to initiate this conversation, right? Whether it is pick up the phone, send the text, send the email. And this is for conflict averse people like me, because I'm still conflict averse. I just have a system in place to compensate when I start to regress into bad habits, right? Because what happens if we don't set that boulder in motion and lock the gate behind us? We're like, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, I can wait another day. Nope. Like you've already been resentful long enough, right? Like how much longer do you want to be resentful? Well, I don't want to be. It's like, okay, well then you have to start somewhere, right? So second step is we just said 10 seconds. You don't have to be a superhero. Just be a superhero for 10 seconds, right? Let's just try that. Uh, and then step three is we script our critical phrases and we say, okay, let me make sure that things don't rattle around in my head. Let me get them out on paper. Let me get my thoughts out on paper. I can organize them. Yeah. No, I, I love that because I think, okay. I think, I love how you say conflict averse. I'm like, I'm going to make that a, a shirt because that's <laughs> sure. kind of my life. But I, but I've learned yeah. you just have to grow up. I mean, sorry, that's kind of what it comes down to. Like yeah, you have no, to grow up and you can't complain about your problems yeah. if you're not willing to advocate for yourself or, or just to come yeah. to a solution of understanding. Yeah. Jerry, this was I could, oh my gosh. I mean, if you haven't written a book, please do. Um, but, but, but again, I, I know everyone heard how to get a hold of you. Um, I just, I love that we have advocates in the church with a godly perspective advocating for true peace and honor and, and understanding of each other. And even, we're not all going to get along guys. We're not all going to be best friends. But we don't have to live with problems and ignore them simply because we have this false idea that that is kindness or or whatever it is. God wants us free from that. We don't have to all agree on everything, but we we do have to come to a solution of at least respect and understanding. Um, Jerry, thank you again. Uh, it, it, just one last time, though. I know I plugged it in the beginning. It's down below. But what is the easiest way? I know your website has resources. I know that there's one-on-one -on -one coaching. I know there's group um, group coaching as well, but how can people find you on the internet if they're looking for someone just like you to help them? <laughs> sure. Thanks. Yeah. Um, the website is adaptingleaders.com. 
And yeah, like the full guide uh, of the, if you want to hear all five steps, download the guide. So that's adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide. Awesome. Um, happy to give that away. Happy to let it pay dividends in your life. Because, right, I mean, to go back to scripture real quick, in Proverbs, it says, rebuke a wise man and he will embrace you. But what if the person isn't wise, mm. right? <laughs> like you still have wow. to rebuke them. It's like, how do we, how do we, you know, that's just easy for them to say, right? They're like, well, you don't know my situation. So yeah, uh, check out the guide, let it pay dividends in your life. And yeah, just to see what happens, because at this point you realize that the the, the only way you really fail at conflict is, is to not address it. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's a tough place to be because, you know, if, if relationships go south, at least people know why exactly you're upset with them, right? <laughs> like put that much, at least that much you can you yeah. know, take no, comfort in. Yeah, no, it's so true. Uh, Jerry, this was wonderful. And I'm, I'm so, so happy I, I met you and that you do this. And I wish you nothing but the best because there's so many problems to solve, man. You're going to have a lot of, hopefully a lot of phone calls because you do it in such an honest but kind way. And that's not something that is easy to do in, in this situation. And, and friends, I just want to encourage you, every institution, whether it's the institution of marriage, whether it's the institution of a school, whether it's a church or an organization, we need third party people to step who are outside our environment to evaluate what's going on. And, and if nothing else, do a checkup. Because we get used to habits, we get used to, to systems, we get used to uh, personalities, and we excuse those and ignore those things. And it could be so easily solved if someone from outside stepped in and go, okay, I'm here to be your healthy scale, and we've got some things we need to work through. It takes the pressure off you. It takes the pressure off other people and they see it from both sides. And that's a healthy thing. They need to see it from both sides and they can say, Hey, I let's, let's talk about this. Let's find a solution here. So Jerry, you, you are, you are someone in the church that is so needed and so necessary. And I am so, I'm so humbled that you were willing to be on my show today. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jerry. Bye. And that was the fabulous Jerry Vu. Again, his information is below. And just, you may even want to listen to this again. You know, so many key takeaways. The problem is the problem. But we can't avoid conflict because we don't want to make it uncomfortable. And the false sense of peace, you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, come on. You know when you are having conflict in your heart and you are frustrated with someone and you are just choosing not to talk to them or they, you know there's an issue there and you don't know why they're copping an attitude with you all the time. I've had people come to me and tell me concerns they have for people, but they won't go to the person. And, and they really aren't exactly being gossipy in the sense that what they're identifying isn't a surprise to me or it's not necessarily even malicious. What they're saying isn't even necessarily a malicious thing. But in, in the case of me saying, have you talked to them? Did, did you go and say anything to them? Maybe take them out for coffee and just say, I, I just, I don't even think you know what you did, or I don't think you realize this, but this is just bothering me or it concerns me. Because what ends up happening is in friendships, we'll start distancing ourselves and the other person doesn't know why. And that's not fair. That's our friend. And you have to assume they don't know what they did or what they're doing or what they said. And, and if you recognize a pattern of behavior, 
that someone maybe continues to tell you something like, oh, this really bothered me that they said this. And then you say, well, gosh, did you tell them? And they're like, well, no, what do I say? How That's embarrassing. It's going to make them mad. And then they come to you again about something else, same person. Man, that other person that really upset me. And you're like, well, did you say something? They're like, well, no, because that's going to da 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 da. That person's avoiding conflict, but at the same time, they're causing disruption because they won't heal a relationship. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. I'm sure most of you know that. But in the body of Christ, we have to at least make an attempt to uphold true peace, okay, by extending actual grace and giving them an opportunity to reconcile. And even if you're not friends, because sometimes it's a coworker, sometimes it's a staff member, sometimes it's just someone at your church and you're not friends. But you don't want animosity or anger or gossip to come between anyone in the body of Christ. And listen, this is hard. This is more than just grown-up stuff. This is kingdom stuff. And kingdom stuff is hard. But look, reach out to Jerry. He's such a great resource. If you run a business, run a church, are starting anything, call him. He does presentations. I'm sure he could do something virtually if need be. Have him out for a weekend maybe. He also offers six uh, weeks. I actually believe it's three months. I stand corrected. Three months of coaching, private coaching as well as group. So reach out. In the meantime, enjoy your week. Maybe patching up some relationships. Until next time. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to do a quick reminder that we are on YouTube. Yay. Go on over there. Check us out. Like us. Share us. Subscribe. Do all the things you do. Talk to you soon.